When Jesus was on the cross, why did he drink sour wine? And why are churches around the world drinking wine in communion? All problems and answers of the world are in the Bible. So let us interpret the Bible with the Bible, discern spiritual thoughts with spiritual words as written in 1 Corinthians 2 verse 13 to 14, and find out God's will hidden in the sour wine. Open your Bible to Galatians 6 verse 15 to 16. For neither is circumcision anything, nor uncircumcision, but a new creation. And those who will walk by this rule, peace and mercy be upon them, and upon the Israel of God. God has given the same rule to everyone who is born on this earth. Circumcision here means being baptized in today's churches. Both those who are baptized and those who are not baptized died the same, just as it is appointed for the body to die once. This is an undeniable fact. The only one who was raised from death was the Son of God, Jesus Christ. There were also Enoch and Elijah from the Old Testament who were moved without physically dying. Turn to John 11 verse 25 to 26. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live even if he dies, and everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? Jesus said this to Martha right before raising her brother Lazarus, who had been dead for four days. Why was this word of God not fulfilled in 2,000 years of Christian history for even one person? Since the first coming until now, the word, He will live even if he dies, was fulfilled to Jesus alone, and no one has ever obtained eternal life without physically dying to fulfill the word, everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. This is proof that no one believed. Actually, all Christians should be shocked by the scripture that says that neither circumcision nor uncircumcision is anything. Baptism is an important ceremony given to new believers that enter Christianity, but God says that being baptized or not is not what really matters. What's important is the new creation. A new creation means to be created with the word of the new covenant, the eternal gospel, and being born again of water and the spirit. The new creation is the one who walks by the rule, which means to carry out the word of God written in the Bible. And it is only to them that God has said to give peace and mercy upon the Israel which he had planned. This is proof that just saying only Jesus, only Jesus will never give you salvation. God has given us an eternal statute so that we will not die. The way to be saved the way to be a new creation without dying was written through Moses. Turn to Leviticus 10 verse 8 to 11. The Lord then spoke to Aaron saying, Do not drink wine or strong drink, neither you nor your sons with you, when you come into the tent of meeting, so that you will not die. It is a perpetual statute throughout your generations, and so as to make a distinction between the holy and the profane, and between the unclean and the clean, and so as to teach the sons of Israel 
all the statutes which the Lord has spoken to them through Moses. God has commanded this perpetual statute to Aaron. Aaron was the chief priest who led the Exodus together with Moses. This statute means that the priests who stand at the tent of meeting or the temple of God, which are the pastors of today who stand at the church pulpits, must not drink wine or strong drink. He said, Do not drink wine or strong drink so that you will not die. This statute was not just for the Old Testament. It is a perpetual statute. A perpetual statute means it is the statute and the law of God that we must keep forever. Then who is drinking the wine that God said not to drink? People drink wine in the church during communion. After the COVID-19 outbreak, No one could gather together and worship for more than one year, so people started thinking up strange forms of communion and uploaded them online for people to do at home. For example, by using pre-filled disposable communion cups with wafers, people say that they are eating Jesus' flesh and blood. Some even make their young children imitate leading communion, which is just mockery of the Word of God. When you understand the truth as the truth through the written word of the Bible, you must realize while you're physically alive just how much people did communion, baptism, laying on of hands, prayer in tongues, fasting, casting out demons, healing and performing miracles and telling fortunes in Jesus' name, all of which had nothing to do with God's will. God's law clearly said, Do not drink wine or strong drink, neither you nor your sons with you, when you come into the tent of meeting, so that you will not die. As a result of drinking wine and strong drink for 2,020 years, everyone has physically died, whether they were pastors or priests or teachers who used the Bible to lead worship. This is because no one has ever kept the statute that should be kept forever. What is the reason people drink wine at communion? Who did it start from? As you know, wine is alcohol fermented with grapes as the main ingredient. Even in the decree for the Nazarites, God said to not drink wine or strong drink. The Nazarite in the Bible is one who is dedicated. There was Samson, the judge, Prophet Samuel, the sons of Rechab, and John the Baptist. In today's terms, the Catholic priests, Christian pastors, and everyone who serves in the church pertain to the Nazarite. This is also written in Numbers 6, verse 2 to 3. Speak to the sons of Israel and say to them, When a man or woman makes a special vow, the vow of a Nazarite, to dedicate himself to the Lord, he shall abstain from wine and strong drink. He shall drink no vinegar, whether made from wine or strong drink. Nor shall he drink any grape juice, nor eat fresh or dried grapes. The priests, the Nazarites, who must dedicate themselves to God and give a holy service, must not drink strong drink, so that they will not die. It does not simply mean to avoid it. This is a statute given to keep forever. God said to not drink any vinegar made from wine, that is, the sour wine. But the enemies gave it to Jesus when he was crucified. Jesus Christ is God's servant, 
and the high priest. Yet the enemies mocked him and gave him the vinegar of the wine. In Luke 23, verse 36 to 38, the soldiers also mocked him, coming up to him, offering him sour wine and saying, If you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. Now there was also an inscription above him, This is the king of the Jews. The same incident was written in John 19, verse 28 to 29. After this, Jesus, knowing that all things had already been accomplished, to fulfill the scripture, said, I am thirsty. A jar full of sour wine was standing there, so they put a sponge full of the sour wine upon a branch of hyssop and brought it up to his mouth. This means that Jesus drinking sour wine, which is the vinegar of the wine, is one of the events to fulfill the Bible. That is why he said, I am thirsty. The Bible scholars said that Jesus was given sour wine as an anesthetic to reduce pain. But think about it carefully. It was the Jews, the high priests, and the Pharisees at that time who sentenced Jesus to the most brutal death out of their jealousy by nailing him on the cross. They were the enemies who mocked him even through that extreme pain. Would they have really given him sour wine as an anesthetic? Such interpretations are only teachings of demons who stand on the pulpit. What was the fundamental reason Jesus drank the sour wine? It was because of what he did to the disciples before his death on the cross. Jesus gave the disciples wine but he did not say, do this in remembrance of me. On the Passover, before his death on the cross, Jesus gathered the disciples, took bread and wine, and had the Last Supper. When you compare what Matthew, Mark, and Luke wrote, Matthew and Mark said, While they were eating, he took some bread, and after a blessing he broke it, and gave it to them, and said, Take it, this is my body. And when he had taken a cup and given thanks, he gave it to them, and they all drank from it. And he said to them, This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many. Luke wrote in Luke 22, verse 19 to 20, And when he had taken some bread and given thanks, he broke it and gave it to them, saying, This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And in the same way, he took the cup after they had eaten, saying, This cup which is poured out for you is the new covenant in my blood. The disciples ate bread and drank wine with Jesus. In particular, Luke wrote that this happened after they had eaten. This was hiding the truth that night, that is darkness, would go on for 2,000 years. Thus, we must never look at just one part of the Bible. We must see it as a whole, and we must interpret spiritual thoughts with spiritual words as written in 1 Corinthians 2, verse 13 to 14. All of the written word of God is hiding creator God's plan from everlasting to everlasting. If you see the Bible only partially with morsel pieces, you can never know the mystery of the Bible, the mystery of the kingdom of heaven. Communion along with baptism is considered as one of the important Christian ceremonies. It is related to the Passover from the Old Testament, which celebrates the events of Exodus. Communion has settled as the ceremony to remember Jesus' death on the cross 
through the supper that he had with the disciples the night before his arrest. The bread that they shared was remembering the body of Jesus, and the wine was remembering the blood of Jesus, with Jesus himself performing the ceremony. However, when he gave the wine, he did not say, Do this in remembrance of me. Let us look to the Bible. Turn to Matthew 26, verse 27 to 28. And when he had taken a cup and given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink from it, all of you, for this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for forgiveness of sins. In Mark 14, verse 23 to 24. And when he had taken a cup and given thanks, he gave it to them, and they all drank from it. And he said to them, This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many. In Luke 22, verse 17, And when he had taken a cup and given thanks, he said, Take this and share it among yourselves. And in verse 20, And in the same way he took the cup after they had eaten, saying, This cup which is poured out for you is the new covenant in my blood. But the truth is, the communion in the churches have been feeding sour wine even now. Why did the churches of the world celebrate communion for the last 2,000 years? That is because of what Apostle Paul said in 1 Corinthians 11 verse 25 to 26. In the same way, he took the cup also after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it, in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. This was not written by any of the three disciples, Matthew, Mark, and Luke. Yet communion has continued until this day because of these words. Thus, what Jesus did has become the basis for people eating bread and drinking wine during communion. This has led to a fatal outcome. The Son, Jesus, broke the law that God has commanded to keep forever. He made all His disciples eat and drink wine. As a result, Jesus Himself died, and all the disciples physically died. And the churches that call on God's name and Jesus' name for 2,000 years have been taking the communion that is breaking God's commandment. Without knowing the truth, a certain Bible scholar wrote a footnote about the communion in Life Bible Dictionary that stated, The Lord Himself performed the ceremony and commanded everyone to celebrate it for generations. That scholar just profanely added words to the Bible, but he does not realize sin to be sin. In 1 Corinthians 11 verse 25, He took the cup also after supper, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. The word, this is the new covenant, is written in Luke, but not in Matthew or Mark. People took this word only literally at the human level and taught that the new covenant is the New Testament. Since they abolished the sacrifices in the Old Testament age to have the worship service of today, it seemed right from the human perspective. The man-made ceremony of communion was made, and the Bible scholars considered the New Testament to be the New Covenant. However, God has given a clear answer in Hebrews chapter 8 that the New Testament was not the time to make the New Covenant. 
Back in the first coming, they did not have the New Testament Bible. The Old and the New Testaments were not bound into one book either. Moreover, back in Jesus' time was not God's appointed time. It was already prophesied in the Old Testament about when the New Covenant will be established. Turn to Jeremiah 31 verse 31 to 34. Behold, days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah, not like the covenant which I made with their fathers in the day I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt, my covenant which they broke, although I was a husband to them, declares the Lord. But this is the covenant which I will make with the house of Israel after those days, declares the Lord. I will put my law within them, and on their heart I will write it. And I will be their God, and they shall be my people. They will not teach again each man his neighbor, and each man his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for they will all know me, from the least of them to the greatest of them, declares the Lord. For I will forgive their iniquity, and their sin I will remember no more. Thus, God was pointing to this age now, when Jesus' name has spread to all corners of the world. The day to make the new covenant is the universal seventh day, after six days have passed and everyone in the world has heard about Jesus. Just as it says in 2 Peter 3 verse 8, one day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years like one day. After 4,000 years of the Old Testament and 2,000 years of the New Testament, six days have passed now already. Now, God Himself teaches and declares the eternal gospel through the another helper, the Spirit of Truth. This is the new covenant. Neither Jesus nor the apostles nor Paul knew that the time to establish the new covenant is the 21st century now. Until this age, Scripture has imprisoned everything under sin as written in Galatians 3 verse 22 to 23. As a result, 500 years of Christian history was shaped by the man-made statement, the Old Testament is the law and the New Testament is the gospel. There have been pastors and leaders who called for reformation through the Bible. But each of them argued over what is right and what is wrong in their standards and practiced lawlessness and unrighteousness by using Jesus' name during that time when sin was added upon sin. The basis for that was because Jesus Christ broke the decree that God has commanded to keep forever and this made even Apostle Paul sin in the end who was considered to have the highest spirituality at that time. This was why the enemies who killed Jesus made him drink sour wine as he died on the cross, and everyone died for their own iniquity for 2,020 years, as prophesied in Jeremiah 31 verse 30. But everyone will die for his own iniquity. Each man who eats the sour grapes, his teeth will be set on edge. The sour grapes and the sour wine that Jesus drank on the cross contained an astounding mystery of the kingdom of God hidden inside. Jesus never said, do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. But why did Apostle Paul write it? Then, is the biblical text wrong? 
If you have doubts like that, then you can never understand God's intent in writing the Bible. The Bible is the truth. The Bible, the truth, is the forever unchanging Word of God. The authors who recorded the Bible wrote it by the inspiration of God. In other words, God's intent for permitting the Bible to be written like this is hidden as a mystery. It is written in Luke 22 verse 19. And when he had taken some bread and given thanks, he broke it and gave it to them, saying, This is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Jesus did not mean the communion that people knew by instinct, which went on for 500 years after the Reformation, or broadly seen about 2,000 years. This means keep the word of Jesus Christ. Keep the commandments that he gave. When Jesus said, do this in remembrance of me, it was the proof and the basis for Christians who truly believe in Jesus Christ to carry out the Father's word, to understand that their souls were in God's presence like Jesus and that they are the sons and people of God who have been sent from heaven to this earth. God was giving us a lesson by reminding us of the work of Jesus Christ and 2,000 years of Christian history. It is a lesson to teach us the reason why we must establish the new covenant now in this age, 2,000 years after Jesus Christ was sent from heaven to this earth. This is also proof that the kingdom of heaven is a mystery and that the whole Bible was written for a people yet to be created in this age. Also, this is proof that it is to the advantage of everyone on earth for John 16 verse 7 to be fulfilled, which says, But I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the Helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. Jesus Christ had to return to where he was, and he must go to the Father, and the another helper, the spirit of truth, has to come for everyone on earth to profit. Because now is the time to truly know Jesus Christ. Now is when God reveals that we were only adding sin upon sin through the physical baptism and communion that was done with human thoughts, which in other words is Satan's schemes. Thus, for 2,000 years since the first coming, no one knew what sin is, what the outcome of sin is, what righteousness is, and what judgment is. Thus, everyone was imprisoned under the law, under the Bible, as written in Galatians 3 verse 22 to 23. But the scripture imprisoned everything under sin, so that the promise by faith in Jesus Christ might be given to those who believe. Now, before faith came, we were held captive under the law, imprisoned until the coming faith would be revealed. So in the end, why did Jesus drink sour wine on the cross? That was showing that even Jesus Christ, the Son of God, cannot escape death if He breaks God's decree. This is proof that the Bible is the mystery of the kingdom of heaven that is opened only in the time when the Spirit of truth comes and guides us into all the truth, and testifies about Jesus. Why did God send Jesus to come in flesh before the Spirit of truth comes to make us perfect? 
It is written in Galatians 3 verse 11, Now that no one is justified by the law before God is evident, for the righteous man shall live by faith. It's not the sinners who will live and not physically die, but it says the righteous man shall live by faith. This word is not fulfilled in any other age. This was prophesying that the faith, that is, the spirit of truth, will come to this earth and declare the new covenant to Christians and the righteous, the sons and the people of God who were chosen before time began, will be taught of God and perfectly inherit eternal life and never physically die. The everlasting covenant that God had made with Abram, the blessing in Isaac, Jacob, Israel, David, and Jesus Christ is beginning from this age onwards. This is truly the perfect gospel, the eternal gospel. Galatians 3 verse 14 says, So that we would receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. What is the promise of the Spirit? The Bible is the truth, and the Spirit is the truth. All of the everlasting covenant that is promised through the whole Bible is the promise of the Spirit. The Spirit of truth in Galatians chapter 3 was written as through faith, and the promise of the Spirit is the promise that is written in the whole Bible. In other words, this meant the truth being fulfilled exactly on earth in reality. That is why God said in Isaiah 48, verse 6 to 7, You have heard, look at all this, and you, will you not declare it? I proclaim to you new things from this time, even hidden things which you have not known. They are created now and not long ago, and before today you have not heard them, so that you will not say, Behold, I knew them. The Spirit of Truth has now come in reality to reveal the new things, the hidden things, which God had planned and prepared before the ages. As proof, the mystery of the sour wine that Jesus drank on the cross is now being opened. You must understand now just how blatant a lie it was to say that you will go to heaven if you just believe in only Jesus when you die. Or that physical communion is the eating of the Lord's flesh and drinking of the Lord's blood. The Bible is the written word of God, the truth, and the book of life itself. It is written that it is appointed for man to die once. But when the spirit of truth comes and guides us into all the truth without leaning to the right or the left, then can we finally understand the truth? We can receive the breath of life, surpass the word that is appointed for man to die once, and inherit the eternal life of living forever without ever physically dying. So now you must wake up from your deep spiritual sleep. Stop breaking God's perpetual statute by performing the physical communion in the church. Just as it says that neither circumcision nor uncircumcision is anything, whether you go to church or not, whether you are baptized or not, is not important. You must receive the word of truth, the new works that God is declaring, and become a new creation. 
the spirit of truth has been sounding the seventh trumpet, which is the eternal gospel, the new work which has never been heard of. The universal seventh day, the day of the Lord, the day of the Son of Man, has already come, and the word in Revelation 11 verse 15 is being fulfilled in reality, which says, The kingdom of the world has become the kingdom of our Lord and of His Christ, and He will reign forever and ever. This is the truth. Now is the time to hear the voice of the Spirit of Truth, the divine power that will destroy all arguments and return to God. Amen.